Welcome back to the Dreams to Reality podcast. My name is Advait Kumar and I am the host of this podcast. I started this podcast with the mission to help people make their dreams turn into a reality. And I do this in two ways. First, I interview individuals and these podcasts come out every Friday. And secondly, I'll be starting talking to you guys about certain stories, how companies got started, how people got to where they are, probably like earlier in the week, like a Monday or a Wednesday. I'm still deciding upon that. But that's how I help you guys turn your dreams into reality. And on today's podcast, I'm interviewing my good friend Jackson Yuri, who's a current student at Indiana University. And we have a really good conversation. We talk mostly about sports, motivation, how to how to make your dreams turn into reality. And it's a really good conversation. We dive into why college athletes should be paid and why this is a good thing and how this can teach financial literacy and tons of other great topics. But guys, before we dive into today's podcast, I want to apologize for not having a podcast. I haven't been really myself lately in terms of podcasting and other stuff. And it took me a while to really find myself again. So I kind of made it a time to do that. But I'm back now and I'm back to podcasting and I'm going to be having podcasts out weekly from now on. It's a new, it's a fresh start, a new season. And I'm excited to bring you guys the best podcasting content you've ever heard of. But guys, before we dive into today's podcast, if you guys haven't done so already, make sure to rate this podcast five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. And if you guys want to give me a shout out on social media, you can do that by searching KingKumar underscore 23 on Instagram, KingKumar's pod on Twitter. And if you guys like videos and you guys like football content and Chicago Bears content, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Advait Kumar. But with that being all said, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I hope it brings you a ton of value and I hope it really helps you make your dreams turn into reality. And now let's dive right in. everyone welcome back to the dreams to reality podcast where i'm going to be individuals making their dreams their goals a reality and today i'm here with my good friend jackson yuri jackson yuri is a host of a podcast where he talks about everything related to indiana sports from basketball to football to even baseball and he, he has interviewed numerous star athletes on indiana on indiana's basketball team and Indiana's football team and the baseball team. Jackson is from Car is from Indiana and he's a current junior at Indiana University. And I, I believe he's majoring in, in sports management. Or what, what are you majoring in, Jackson? Um, I'm in uh, sports journalism, but a minor in sports management. Interesting. So he's in sports. Interesting. So without further ado, Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be on and I appreciate you having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. No problem. So Jackson, right off the bat, you know, why don't you tell my audience who you are and kind of what you're all about and your comic book story. So like, how did you really get into sports? 
So, uh, just growing up, uh, I feel like, you know, most people, I, I grew up a big sports fan, uh, watching baseball, basketball, football. Uh, my dad played baseball at Butler University. Um, so I grew up kind of playing baseball. And then by the time I got to high school, I was a little bit burnt out because that was everything I did. And so I was the manager of my school's uh, basketball team there. I made a lot of really great memories, connections, um, friendships. And that kind of uh, carried into college where I wanted to be around sports in some capacity, but um, you know, my managing days were kind of done. So I, I stuck to student reporting, which I do today, um, covering IU's athletic teams. And then I have a, a podcast, as you mentioned, covering Indiana high school basketball. And I just love sports. I just, you know, my dream is to work around sports in some capacity. Um, and I want to get as much experience as possible in order to do that. Yeah, no, interesting. I think that, uh, well, first of all, um, I'm glad you mentioned Butler. Uh, you know, one of my best friends goes to Butler and a few awesome. other of my friends who goes to, go to Butler down that football team. And, you know, this is my friend in general who I talked about before, my best friend, you know. Um, I would say that, you know, my parents aren't really interested in, in sports, at least football and, and basketball, that is. And mm-hmm. I would say that for me, um, I don't know. I just one day I said, "Hey, I want to be a part of the football team," and you know, I got that opportunity, and I made some of my best friends just getting inside the football team and That's you know, great. becoming friends with that. Because, like, as you know, like you know, as a manager, you know, you know that that bond that football players have, right? You know, because like, you know, win or lose, you're with them, and you see the good moments, you see the bad moments. I'm not sure if you were on the sideline during football games I'm sure you're in the stands but you know how it, it you know how, how stressful those games could be you know when a game mm-hmm. is on the line and I think that football and sports in general have like a certain brotherhood to them what, what about you how would you how would you say that you um as a manager experience brotherhood um I I certainly experienced brotherhood I think you summed it up really well um, those moments, those stressful moments, those tough moments and practices when, um, you know, the guys are, are struggling a little bit, um, just them knowing that you always are there for them and, you know, have their back when things are, are tough. Obviously, I wasn't on the court with the basketball players playing in those practices or games, but, you know, I was there when, when they needed water. I was there to, you know, like give them a little pep talk to be like, you know, go back out there. You got this. Um, and I was there for them when, you know, we had tournament losses where the end of our season, and I was, you know, equally as upset and disappointed and sad as they were. So just like, you know, going through those tough times makes you very close. And, you know, I really see that today because, you know, I still keep in contact with a lot of those guys. And whenever I run into them or see them, it's always, you know, really happy um, and great catching up. And, you know, they're very supportive of my work that I do today. Um, always kind of like shouting me out on Twitter or just like, um, you know, showing love and, and listening or uh, reading my articles. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's really it's really a brotherhood that, you know, transcends just on the court. It, it's something for life. Yeah, no, for sure, 100%. You know, I remember uh, last year, not last year, but I remember in high school, our football team was really, really good. And I'm sure, you know, who Jaden Reed is and who Peyton Dorn are, you know, mm-hmm. we had both of those guys on our team. And, you know, we were really, really good. We made 
we were almost to the semifinals and unfortunately you know we lost and it's just really sad to see like a, a team like ours, a team who we were really good, we were almost, I think we were undefeated, we had maybe a loss, I think we were, we were almost undefeated, we had two or three, we had like a loss or two, but like, you know, we were one of the best teams in, in our conference and one of the best teams in the state of Illinois, and to see us go down was, you know, really, really sad, but yeah, you know, it, it sucks, but again, like how you mentioned before, like how you know those people on the football team those people on the basketball team support you back and that's something that i've really seen you know with my fans especially like with Jaden. Mm-hmm. like you know Jaden is such a star player but yet he finds time to speak to me he finds time to talk to me you know and same thing with Peyton. like Peyton, presumably might be the starting quarterback at michigan state next year but again you know he finds time Talk to me. He finds time to support me, and I think that you know, I support them in that. You know, you have seen my Instagram stories of how I how I promoted them and how I you know want the best for them, and I think like it's a two way street, and that yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes, I, sometimes that you know the relationships you make in high school are one of the best relationships you make you know, right now. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're spot on with that. That support is so so deep and so important and it, it's it's a really special thing to have yeah of course so jackson t- talk to me about like how did you get into making content because i love making content you know i like making podcasts i like making football videos so like how did you i mean yeah football videos so how did you get into making content and stuff how did you start your podcast how did that come out so um, in high school, I was part of my school's uh, student television program, and I did a lot of on-air work, uh, a lot of broadcasting with them, and I enjoyed that. But I kind of wanted to see what else was out there in, in college, and um, I started doing the student reporting thing where I, I write a lot of articles about um, IU men's basketball and other sports um, previously. Um, and I, I really liked the writing aspect of things. Um, I, I think it's fun to try to analyze and dissect like little things in the game that kind of get unnoticed or stuff that, you know, might not be the first thing that comes to mind. It's not, you know, the box score. And then in terms of the podcast, because of the broadcasting experience in the past, I wanted to do something kind of along those lines again. And I combining it with my love for Indian high school basketball, because there isn't really, you know, an outlet for other than mine. There are some but they're kind of a little bit more inconsistent. I do at least pretty much one or two episodes a week um, with that. It's been a little bit slower as of late, but um, I just felt like there was kind of an untapped market and there's so many great names to promote in that sport that maybe go unnoticed or people don't know as much about. And I, I wanted to give those kids, you know, some spotlight for people to know who they are and just also combine my passions. No, I absolutely love it. So I want to go back to what you said about the little things, like not about the box score. What do you mean by those little things? You mean like those passes that don't matter, you know, like the passes that go unnoticed, the catches that go unnoticed, the basketball shots that don't really go unnoticed. Like, what do you mean by those little things? So I guess just the parts of the game that aren't highlighted. And just to give an example, like, for Indiana men's basketball, um, Trace Jackson Davis is by far their best player, their star player. And everyone knows who he is. And when 
he plays, um, you know, typically he's the leading scorer and everyone kind of gives him the shine. But then Race Thompson, who's a power forward that plays in the post with Trace, he typically doesn't get that star attention, but, you know, he might get 10 rebounds and eight points that are kind of the vital thing that would give IU the win. But because he's not the leading scorer, people don't, you know, necessarily look at that. So I, I kind of like maybe do an article about what's Race Thompson's impact and how he's kind of like the X factor for the team's success. Just not the, you know, the main kind of thing. Just want to get to the, the little nitty gritty parts about the game that, that means so much, but they're not, I guess, I guess the most pretty, I should say. No, 100%. I agree with you. Like, I think that, you know, it's important to highlight the people who are in the back. And as someone who was part of the football team, you know, the quarterback, you know, is, is someone who's highly talked about. The running back is someone who's highly talked about. The receivers. But, you know, I think offensively, the offensive linemen are rarely talked about. No one talks about them. Like, even the punters. No one talks about them, and I think that's really important to highlight those people. Now, I'll give you like an example too. We have the NFL job coming pretty soon. At the time, about when we are recording it, the job is soon. Um, and you know, I caught myself, you know, in the job. You know, I'm a Bears fan. I caught myself not wanting to go towards the offensive lineman position because it wasn't flashy. It wasn't like flashy with getting a receiver, getting like a quarterback. Man, I started to realize like. You know, offensive linemen are the key to success in many football teams. You look at the Colts, you know, your favorite t- football yep, team. Yep. The Colts. A couple of years ago, the Colts' offensive line was bad, and that that caused Andrew Ruck to get a lot of injuries. That caused the Colts to be really bad. And I think that people rarely in the game of football look towards the offensive lineman position. Worse yet, no one talks about the punter. And that's when it's really started to change with a guy like Pat McAfee, a guy who's starting to change the landscape for how we view punches, how we view kickers, how we view special teamers. And, you know, that's just what I wanted to say about what you just said. Yeah, I think that, I think you're really accurate on that. And I think the Andrew Luck injury, you know, as difficult as that was um, to see, especially as a Colts fan, I, I really felt for Andrew. Um, but it, it highlighted the importance of a good offensive line. Uh, to be frank, in his time there, I'm sure the guys that worked on the offensive line were, were good people, but um, it just, the product was never there. And Andrew was always, always under pressure having to make plays when he was trying to evade a sack. And, you know, that shortened his career by a lot longer than it, what, you know, it could have been. He could have played theoretically another eight, 10 more years if he had a healthy uh, beginning portion of his career. But um, unfortunately, that's not what happened. But I am thankful now that the Colts have a very strong offensive line. And like you said, with Pat McAfee, I'm thankful we had him as a punter because he was a ton of fun and he was really good at what he does. And um, the Colts have another really good punter now, Enrico Berto Sanchez, who's a lot more quiet than McAfee, but he's also a very effective guy. I'm glad that uh, the Colts prioritized him. Yeah, no. And then on the other side of it, whenever star players make a mistake, we absolutely go off on them. Mm-hmm. And this was a mistake that I think really happened with Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that people really attacked Mitch when he had an interception. People really attacked Mitch when, you know, he overthrew someone, he underthrew someone. And that's just like, you know, I feel like at certain times, us fans get a little bit too crazy, if you want, if, if you want to say that. 
and we don't realize like what it's like to be a football player we don't realize what it's like to be in that moment and your friend um Pat Fisher recently made made a video about this guy named Max Browning I don't know if you know who that is Jack yeah I know Max but yeah so this guy on Instagram posted um, a picture of how Max is a must and again it's just people looking at what Max did at USC and Pitt and seeing like how you know how like according to their expectations he didn't meet them and now they're calling him a bust when they don't understand what Max had to go through and if you really listen to Max's story with his girlfriend Victoria and you know listen to what Spot did about his story you realize that Max had to go through a lot a lot of injuries a lot of things he had to battle and that's what fans don't realize like what it's like to be a football player and it's a mistake that I have made too with Mitch and you know unfortunately I don't know how we can fix this problem how we can fix the stigma I think it'll always exist in sports but that was just my two cents on that yeah I think that you bring up a very valid point I think fans get you know too caught up in you know everything about the game and they don't really think about the life of these guys um or female athletes as well um like you said you know people were really quick to judge Max Brown as this bust um because of the high expectations he brought to the table but they have you know no clue the injuries mental personal struggles that come along with that um and how that mounts over a person's career and I think it just kind of relates to humanity not having a lot of sympathy for other people's differences and struggles and you know hopefully culturally we can make progress in that regard and try to be more understanding um i think people just at least in the sports realm need to realize that um you know they're putting on a show like an you know a bit of entertainment for someone enjoying the game you know on their couch and regardless of you know the outcome that you desire and it's okay to be passionate about your team of course it's okay to root really hard and to be disappointed when your team loses but you know taking it out on on players is just you know it's not warranted yeah exactly and we saw this with even March Madness i believe you went to a few games and i believe that you know you saw what happened you know with Illinois um i i was talking to one of my friends who went there and he told me like how people attacked AO because AO mm-hmm. did not do so well in the game and they called him you know like racist stuff like i mean i don't know what to warn that i mean it's just at, at the end of the day it's just a game and you know it breaks my heart that people go to that extreme in, in terms of sports and, and you know march madness i mean if you think about it just a bunch of kids young kids our age going out there and playing a game and then people take it up it take it you know to the extremes yeah absolutely it's terrible to hear about um the remarks and stuff that Dasumu and the whole team received for their early round exit um it's just very unfortunate and like you said it's just a game and people need to realize that and I understand that it's a game with with monetary um implications on the line because of tv contracts and apparel and all that but especially for these college kids you know yes they get a scholarship but they're not getting paid and um they they don't deserve that especially this young no one deserved that professional or not but um especially these kids who are you know a lot of them just trying to get an education and they get to play you know a sport on the side um it's 
it's unfortunate to see that people will show so much backlash. And I also think it's, you know, it's kind of hypocritical because a lot of these people that show backlash, if they were to try to compete on the same court that these guys are, they would just get, you know, destroyed in the game. These are high level athletes we're talking about. Yeah, no, 100%, man. So I want to I wanna go back to what you just said um, about them not getting paid. So what do you think? Like, I mean, you've been around football players. You've been around the Indiana sports realm, you know, in college. What are your thoughts on paying college athletes? Well, I think it, I think it comes with a lot of, of gray area a lot of things that we might not expect or understand at this point because we've never seen a model of it come to reality that um, NIL is going to be enacted here very soon which will change things a lot as players will be allowed to you know benefit off their own likeness if the opportunity presents itself um, in terms of commercials, social media advertisements anything along those lines so we'll really get a true taste of it soon, but I think that the NIL is a good first step because I don't think that players shouldn't be allowed to benefit off themselves, especially when their own athletic abilities are the ones that make the university so much money. Um, I think when you add in, and I'm not saying they are, but I'm saying if theoretically they were to add in a salary, that's when you get really, really tricky because you have to value certain players uh, by comparison to certain sports and people get upset and touchy about those things. So I think that allowing individual, you know, endorsements and stuff is fine and fair game. I think that should be allowed, but I think they should hold off on the salary aspect, at least at first, just to see how this goes and kind of evaluate. Um, I think that, uh, I just think that the salary thing might be a little bit too much to jump the gun, but I also don't think it's fair uh, for these guys not to get paid something considering how much money is made by the NCAA schools. The volume of money is just unreal. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And you're telling me, like, they don't have enough money to give some of these kids a penny of it? Yeah, no, for sure, 100%. I think that you do hold a really good point about salaries. And I think that the problem is, is that it's a lot of it's a lot of economics a lot of economical mm-hmm. issues like how much are you going to pay a player at indiana versus a player at bartlett because both yeah. of them are d1 schools how much are you going to play a guy even at alabama you know you look at alabama and look at the Clemson tide and yep you know players to go there versus a school like university of illinois and another a team in like big 10 or michigan state mm-hmm but like, that's like one of the problems that we're gonna have to figure out because those schools, Alabama, are gonna be able to pay their players more than Indiana might be able to, or Illinois might be able to, or like all the SEC schools there have contained their athletes more than like Big Ten schools can. So I think that's like a lot about the economical case, the economical jump ropes that we're gonna have to overcome in order to pay athletes. But I do think that I'm, I'm 100% for NIL. I think that yes, I call athletes to get paid for the name and likeness because, you know, it's deserving, you know, because like all these players work hard to get to this point. And also, like, I think that it can possibly even teach them a little bit about finances, um, like yeah, how to manage totally. your finance, you know. I'm not too sure if you know who Spencer Cornelia is, 
but he's yeah, another YouTuber. And watch the video. Yeah, he's another YouTuber who does like about finance. You know, you have each canal. Be at a point in their lives when they can they can learn about finance, learn what it's like to have all this money. So when I go to NFL, you know, they just don't waste it on buying a brand new car and instead investing in stocks, investing in real estate, all that good stuff. So I mean, passive income, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. that's just something that I I think that hopefully NIL can teach them. And I think we need some financial programs too, like maybe schools can bring in entrepreneurs, bring in people like Spencer. Bring in people like Jerry Vaynerchuk. Bring in all these financial people who can help these athletes. You know, prioritize money, prioritize costs, prioritize expenses, but also things that they want to spend their money with. And that's just something that I think is really important. I agree with you. I think that uh, just you know, financial education as a whole is something that you know this country needs more of, especially for the youth. Um, I feel like there's too many classes at colleges and universities that just really aren't necessary and there isn't any emphasis on teaching kids, you know, how to operate in, in the financial world. And I think, you know, athletes in particular, you know, like you said, that could play a huge role with them because of the money they could potentially make as pros. And then if things, you know, change as they're supposed to with um, the college legislation for payment, but um, I just think that a lot of people don't really have any grasp on that and things like, you know, the term you said, like passive income, like a lot of people aren't really like familiar with what that is. I'm not trying to say I'm an expert on any of this stuff. Like I'm learning a little bit here and there, but um, I think it's something that everyone kind of needs to strive for if they want to try to live a comfortable life sooner rather than later once finishing their education. Yeah, no, 100%. And I wish that colleges honestly had like a program where they could teach students like how to do house acting, like how to do real estate, like how to have like a rental property, like how that whole process works. Mm-hmm. Because like that's something that I want to get into, like how to even open up your own ATM machine, your own vending uh, machine, how to make, how uh, like what stocks to invest in, what like, stuff to invest in, like. I really wish that colleges taught more than that instead of like a class like not trying to hate on my school, but like a class about culture, a class about history. I mean, sure, all that stuff is interesting and it's good to learn in history, but I also think that colleges could offer classes about financial stuff too. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, um, I, like you said, I think it's fine to offer some of those other courses like culture and history, but. Um, you know, at the same time, if they're going to require stuff like that, they should require the financial stuff too, because, um, you know, you could argue in certain senses that the financial stuff is, is more pertinent to our own lives today. I think the culture thing is really important with, you know, our lives today and history is too. I'm not trying to knock either of those subjects, but I, I do agree with you. I think it's not fair that the financial stuff is kind of just like dug down to the bottom of the totem pole and you really have to seek that out rather than it being something at the forefront. Yeah, no, 100%, man. So I want to go back to starting stuff. Like, you know, you talked, we talked about it before and I said, like, how do you record your podcast? You have a mic and you said you use the headphones. And I think that for most people, starting something is really difficult. And this is something that I have to give kudos 100% to your friend Scott here because, you know, he's the one who really motivated me to get inside YouTube and just tell me, like, hey, 
your stuff is at first is gonna suck um and that's just the reality of it but just start man and you'll see great success and i found that hey if i can start i think i can do really big things and like too often and not when i looked at youtube i was like oh, okay how do i grow and when i really looked at what's spotted you know putting out daily content i felt good oh it's just about putting out content and i really found i, I like to edit videos i like to record videos and I think that starting is one of the hardest thing to do. So what do you think about starting Jackson? Like how would you and how would you help people to really start that dream, start that goal? I think that you uh, you, you hinted at it really strongly there. I think that it's, it's just about getting your feet wet and getting going with it. Um, you know, when you start, like you said, it might not go off to, you know, how you envisioned it in your head. But as you keep going, you learn just kind of through the motions, you know, what changes you need to make, you know, what can you add to really bring out the best in your work. Um, and the only way that you find out those things, if you actually get started and just, you know, see, see how you do. If you envision and plan the whole time, but don't have a product, then you really have nothing tangible to say that you've produced or anything you can build upon because it's all imaginary at that point. Um, I think that you have to just go for it, try it. And it, you know, if you go for it and it's not what you want, you can take a step back and readjust for a little bit and then go after it again. But it, like you said, it's just about taking those first steps, producing, making the content and just going off of that into how to get better. For sure, man. I think so. That, yeah, for sure, 100%. I think you have a really good point. Something that I've learned recently is that you should only do something for like two minutes because that helps you start something. So that's just a tip for people out here. If you want to do something, start two minutes. Just two minutes at the day and do it. But I think you hope that you made a really good point. So is there anything else that we did not mention that you would like to talk about? Um, I, I think that uh, I guess something that would be fun and just a little bit inspirational I, I'm not trying to sing I'm inspiration but um, just something to end on is like if you have any sort of passion whether that's you know podcasting making YouTube videos writing creating content in any facet or if it's you know something like you know you really want to be you know an avid hiker outdoorsman um, or learn to be a better swimmer or learn to play an instrument like all of those things I think that you know going back to our getting started thing people just need to go for it because you know you don't know how much time you know you have we you know we've seen a lot of really unfortunate events in recent recent times and it's just like your know, life is meant to be worth like living like school is very important and school should be taken seriously and you know people should try to do their best but i think sometimes people get too caught up in their work and they don't take that extra time to see their friends, family, or try these, you know, ambitions and hobbies that they've always thought about doing, but never made time to do so. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, when school is long gone, people, you know, will have a lot of regret that they didn't take the time to try to learn or do new things. Yeah, no, for sure, 100%. Like, I think that many a times people focus just on school and not outside activities, not, you know, not making, not starting a YouTube channel, not starting a podcast, and you know, by doing, by doing just some regular things, you'll just be an average Joe. 
But if you can start things different, you can be an outlier, you can be someone different, and that's something that I really found interesting too. And I feel like also, I don't know, I want to talk to you about some networking too. And too. Mm-hmm. I think that networking is really huge too. And I feel like with me starting a podcast, I've been able to network with so many people, network with Cole Adams, which led me to network with JD Productions, which led me to meet this amazing person in Scott, which led me to meet you. I think networking is huge, man. So describe networking for you. Like, I mean, how were you able to use networking to get these really big athletes? And what kind of big athletes were you able to get on from Indiana? So I think that what you're what you're saying there is huge. Networking is, is really everything, um, both in a professional sense with work or, you know, personal sense in creating your own content fun or, you know, whatever it may be. I think people get this idea in their head that, um, you know, I'm not this big name person. Like, why would this other person want to talk to me? And they don't really take the time to realize that at the end of the day, we're all just people. And as long as you, you know, approach someone politely and ask if you could, you know, have 30 minutes or so of their time just to talk on a podcast or just in general asking for advice, you know, most people will be willing to do it. It's, it's one thing, you know, if someone says like, sorry, I can't or I don't want to, and you just have to respect their choice. But more times than not, people will respond and they'll, they'll say, yeah, sure, I'd be willing to offer something. Um, and I, I've seen that with my podcast and through my own reporting work. Um, just, I'll, I'll pull up my podcast real quick. Some of the you know, names that I've had that, um, I, I don't know how much you're familiar with Indiana High School basketball, but I'll try to think of some. So, I mean, Blake Wesley, who's a, a senior uh, basketball player at South Bend Riley. He's a four-star recruit. He's a Notre Dame commit. He's really good. I've had him. I've had um, Rayfeld Davis, who played basketball at Purdue University from, uh, I believe, 2012 or 2013 to 2016, something. Yeah, 2013, 2016. Uh, Jordan Holes, who played at IU. Um, a few people that write for the Indianapolis Star. Brooks Barnheiser, who's a Northwestern commit for basketball. Deontay Davis, who's a Louisville commit for basketball. Um, and I've had a, a number of other names and other, like, you know, people who've had, had really enjoyable conversations with, um, but you just have to go for it. You just have to ask. And, you know, with that, I've made a lot of really valuable connections and had some great conversations. Yeah, I know for sure, 100%. And I think that for me personally, like how, I mean, I hold the same, the same principles that you had, how Jackson, the same mindset that you had. I mean, I think that too often now people are afraid to say, oh my God, I don't think this big person will respond to me. There's no shot in me even texting them. And you know, I think it's really important for people to, to get over this. You know, like there's a ton of guys who text, who give them a ton of growth. It's the same thing. It's just people, it's just people who are really confident. And I think that people, like people in general, just need to realize that, hey, these people are people too. And hey, what's the what's the worst that can get me what's the worst that if i if i really dm them what's the worst that can happen like okay they might not respond okay they might say no but that's the worst that it can happen but what can the best happen well you know what they can respond maybe i can interview them for example i reluctantly shot a dm to get this guy on on shrubkin to come on my podcast i didn't expect him to come on my podcast but he came on you know i sent a dm to this guy on mastership to come on my podcast I didn't expect him to say, hey, there. I didn't expect him to respond and come on my podcast, but he did. And then I, I sent, you know, Paul Adams an email. I don't expect 
this guy with I think Paul Adams had like maybe like dirty cases at the time. I don't remember. But like I don't know how to expect Paul at that time to respond. I even sent an, uh, an email to Fillmore Raps. If you know who Fillmore Raps is, this guy is huge. Yeah, he I'm is. Not expect Fillmore to respond to his email, but he did. I'm trying to get Fillmore on my podcast, but we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I don't expect Fillmore to respond, but he did. I just shot my shot, and luckily I got some responses. And you know, right now, I guess my goal with my YouTube channel is to really make videos on athletes who I really think are inspirational and have good stories that I can possibly get them on my podcast. And again, it's about bringing value towards them. And I think that's really my mindset. Yeah, I, I think you're I think you're 100% right. And I think that um, I think you just have to you know, value their time, be respectful, be approachable and, um, you know, it really just a combination of all those things and, and just the idea that we're all people. I think you summed it up in, in great, great respect. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I want to end it on that, Jackson. I think we talked about all the I wanted to talk about. So thank you so much for taking time to come on my podcast. And last quick question is, what is your advice for people making their dream into reality? Like, how do you think they can make that happen? And also, where can people connect with you on social media? Uh, so first I want to say thank you for having me on. It's been a blast. I really appreciate it. Um, really great talking with you, uh, for the first time, but, um, I guess my advice for anyone who's you know chasing a dream or something they really want to be a part of, um, you know, step a is just go for it. You're never truly going to be ready or have all the right answers. And until you go for it, you really won't know what you're getting yourself into and you know, sometimes it might not be what you think it is but that's okay and that's you know something that you just have to go through um, and then secondly you should seek out anyone who you deem as an expert who has serious experience in something and just be a sponge to them take in all the advice you can get and potentially shadow them and see how they do their own work um, and just kind of learn from that and go with it and I guess uh, for connecting with me on social media my twitter is at yuri jackson and then my instagram is uh jackson underscore yuri for sure thank you so much for coming on to my podcast again jackson i enjoy talking to you i enjoy getting to know you finally and finally making this podcast happen i think we had a lot of difficulties making it happen but i'm glad um we finally did it i had a i had a really great time talking to you so thank you so much for coming on and thank you guys for listening and yeah thank you